is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Hey, hey, this is episode number 123. I'm Allison Crow, your favorite life and business coach, and I am so thankful that you, ambitious and authentic and authentic and ambitious people, are here listening to this podcast. Hey, today, I'm going to recap my word of the year. I have three words. Y'all know, like, I'm just not concise, right? Why try to fight it? So at the beginning of the year, my three words for the year were open heart, slow tango, and big profit. And of course, I thought I knew what those words meant for me. And now I have experienced open heart, slow tango, and big profit in 2020. And I want to share some reflections on those things for you. So also, this is a reminder and a way for you to look back on your word or words of the year for 2020. And how were those words actually perfect for you, especially in light of everything that happened um, with COVID and elections and anything else personal that happened in your world? So the first one is open heart. And a couple of weeks ago, I was like, well, this one didn't really like, it didn't really mean anything. My heart is still really closed. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, Allison. Oh, sweet Allison. So open heart is still paramount to me. And I realized, I shared on the last podcast, uh, a couple of things that I had written down at a retreat with my coach. And one of them was, you know, one of the one of the the mantras I said to myself this year was I could do hard things. I had no idea what hard things would come. But one of the four I'm who I'm becoming statements that I had written in my journal was I lovingly plow through discomfort. And you guys, it's so funny. Those of you who know what the Enneagram test is, um, or the DISC test. So generally, I'm an Enneagram 7 who likes to have fun and avoid discomfort. And I'm on the DISC profile. I'm a high I, D, um, with a little bit of S and a little bit of C. And in my natural state, without any cultivation, I definitely avoid discomfort. And over the last four years, I have been really learning the value of doing that. It is not an easy lesson to do. Um, it really goes to my deep core wounds, to my deep fears, and I've made a commitment to be in process through this journey. And so um, open heart for me, one of the things I noticed a couple of years ago, um, thanks to, I b- mentioned this book all the time, Amanda Owen, The Power of Receiving, I realized how much 
throughout life, I had positioned myself as a giver and I wasn't really giving. I was manipulating people's opinions of me. Now, I didn't wake up and say, I think I'm going to be an asshole and manipulate people. But I did, I was coming from a state of being that felt compelled because of my insecurities to please people. And so if I had told you that I was very closed off and closed hearted, you would never have known. The fact is that um, over the last five years, I've realized how much I've given out to hide how scared I was. My heart had a one-way door instead of a revolving door like in and out. So open to receive, open to feel. I was certainly willing to tell you how to feel. (laughs) I was certainly willing to give. I was certainly willing to give love. But to really receive and feel required an amount of self-trust that I have been building year after year after year, layer after layer after layer. And I recently hired a writing coach to begin the process of writing a book. I am nowhere near a book right now, but I'm just committed to write. And as I began to tell some of the old stories and some of the impactful moments, even just writing them, whether or not they ultimately get shared with you, I realize how little self-trust I had. I would often use risk or bigness, or a lot of times it was risk just to, it's like pulling the Band-Aid off. You know it's going to hurt, you just pull it off. Instead of, like we talked about in the last episode, meeting emotion and meeting discomfort. And so I really ask, this is one thing I really actually pray for. I think there's meditation and listening to God, and then there's prayer and supplication to God or spirit or the universe. And One of the things that I do pray for and I need spiritual help from (laughs) um, is to keep my heart open. I notice the older I get and the more comfortable, it's just easy to dismiss, right? It's easy to bypass things consciously instead of unconsciously. And so I'm always asking spirit to help me keep my heart open. I am fiercely independent. Um which requires me not to need people. And so having an open heart was part of, it's part of my ongoing purpose and it will be one of my words for next year because I I want that to be a lifelong journey. I I still don't know. And I'm I'm not necessarily ashamed, but I'm just being being transparent with you guys. I still don't know what it's like to have a fully open heart. I can intuitively feel that there are places where I so protect myself instead of just open up. And so I am, you know, I'm, I love myself. I love myself. And so I do my own heart work. I, I, it is very easy for me to build walls. It is very easy for me to shut down. I know that sounds silly because I think I'm a really nice person. I don't wake up and think I think I want to be an asshole to somebody, but it takes cultivation. And so open heart for me, what I, what I loved about COVID and the discomfort and what I loved about feeling really irritated, not only about politics, but making up stories in my mind about other people's politics, I loved feeling so miserable this year. 
I know, it's a weird statement. I mean, I certainly don't enjoy misery, but I realized that because I opened my heart to suffering, (laughs) I'm not saying all of it was useful, but because I opened my heart to suffering, because I allowed myself to feel rage and for the most part, process it in a useful way instead of letting it explode on somebody in a harmful way, because I let myself feel confused, because I let myself feel irritated and judgmental, Oh, because I opened my heart to all these things, I feel so much less afraid of them. I'm not afraid of the places where I don't quite measure up to the world standard of perfection because I've had an open heart to my own self. And as I have an open heart to my own self, I notice that other people's bullshit doesn't bother me as much, (laughs) right? And so the first place to open my heart has been to myself. Um, And as I do that, I find that I'm able to be much more neutral with my friends and my family and my clients. And I noticed that one of my friends is going through some stuff and my reaction to her is often very neutral. And there's been a couple of times when I've shared my truth with her in response to what she needs or wants for me that I'm not able to give to her. And I said, I may sound like an asshole in sharing this with you, but you know, I would share whatever it is. And she was like, actually, no, I can tell you love me because you share that truth with me. And she goes, I wonder why it hurts when so-and-so shares it with me and why it doesn't hurt when you share it. And I said, well, maybe because I'm not charged around it. So I, it's hard for me to share this without sharing all the details, but but essentially, you know, both myself and another person in our life were having similar thoughts and we each responded in different ways, I wasn't charged. And the reason I wasn't charged is because I'm so amazing and wise. It was because I had met my own neediness and insecurity. And so I wasn't triggered by hers, (laughs) right? She's triggered by hers. We all get needy and insecure. And that used to really bother me. And I'm not necessarily 100% healed, but I realize that when I open my heart to my own neediness and insecurity and to those in my family's lives and my close friends' lives, I'm able to respond from a much more neutral and wise and truly loving place instead of a reactionary place. So open heart, I'm going to keep plowing through difficult emotions. Um You know, I had a client message me this morning and she was like, I almost left your membership. You were kind of flat there for a while. And I, and she goes, but this last video you did, like I'm fully in. And I said, Hey, thanks for sticking with me. You know, this is, gosh, you guys, I don't, I I mean, I can't imagine putting the pressure on myself or asking any of you to be like happy fucking cheerleader all of 2020. Like we've been navigating real life shit. And as I share often, learning how to meet those emotions. And I realize that traditional leaders don't navigate emotions. Um, They often bypass them. I realize that they put on a pretty face and they bullshit you. And I don't 
you know, I don't share from the scar or I don't share from the open gaping wound with my clients, but very, as that has got a band aid on it and beginning to heal, I start to share and process and share the things I'm learning. And most of my clients really get it, but I realize it can make a long time ago. I had a client a long time ago, 2013, I had a client say, I had posted something on Facebook about depression. She sent me a message because I need to cancel. I can't have a coach who struggles with depression. And I said, let's have a conversation and I explained to her that there's no such thing as a coach who doesn't have emotional difficulties and that I purposely share them. And when I do, I don't need my audience or clients to fix me. And I am very conscious about ending anything I share about depression or anxiety or difficulty on the upswing. Because no matter how low I may feel as a human being, I always have hope and I always have an intuition and a strategy or a skill to move forward. And she was, um, you know, she was confused because she had never seen a coach do that. And she ultimately ended up staying in the program and playing full out and said that she appreciated me taking the time um, to share with her that perspective. I know it's not always pretty. I, I know it's not always pretty. And this year for a lot of us hasn't been real pretty. And I certainly, you know, I certainly was dealing with a lot of emotions and feelings and thoughts that were making myself miserable and slowing down. And hopefully the things that I have shared about those, you know, if you want to judge me as losing my shit, that's great. But I don't know anybody who doesn't lose their shit. And, and hopefully even when I'm flat, my ability to show up and my ability to um, be human and real actually serves as a demonstration, not necessarily the way you should do it. I tend to be wear my heart on my sleeve. I always have. So why not make it a part of my business? Um, but what I wanted to do is give permission. And so um, I kind of got off open heart there, but that's open heart. The second one is slow tango. I like slow tango. This year, obviously, the outside world slowed down. My travel budget, my travel expenses on my profit and loss are practically nothing. I went on two trips, one in January, no, three trips, no, two. One on one in January, one in February, and then obviously have not gone anywhere. Um, slow tango is... Setting a pace. So it's still a dance. There is still music to it. It is not a snail's pace. There's still movement. I like moving forward. It's fun. This little, um, this little program that I'm recording this podcast in now, it's GarageBand on uh, iMac. And when I turn it on and set up to record, it has a metronome. You know what a metronome is? It's that little tick tock, tick tock, tick tock tool that, um, I don't know, I used to, I learned how to play piano. I took piano lessons when I was little and it taught you, it set the tempo out for you. And I can sometimes move faster than my soul really wants me to. And what I have trained myself to do over the last few years is really simplify that less is more, that more is not better, better is better. And to slow tango. And so I still move with intention. But moving with intention at a slower pace has given me precision. 
and has maximized both rest and energy. And so interestingly, slow tango has led to big profit. This is what's really fun. Big profit. Man, of course all of us are in business for big profit. Big profit is like one of the ultimate dreams. Bitches be rich. I not only love being profitable, I'm appreciative to have a profitable business. I also want to have a profitable energetic state, emotional state, physical state. My whole being, I want to be profitable. And so profit, as in profit first, means we you know, we take profit off the top and then we count expenses. And so I've been doing that in my life and in my bank accounts. I've been doing profit first for a couple years. And by focusing on big profit and slow tango, I've actually had the most profitable year in business to date. And I have worked the least amount I've ever worked. This blows my mind. And I've paid off the most amount of debt I've ever paid off. Um, I'm almost debt-free. It's very possible that by the end of the year, I'll be completely debt-free other than my home. Um, I paid off a lot of debt this year, and I used some of my cash reserves to buy the house that we're living in now. Um, I've gotten to a place in my business where everything I pay for, I pay off my credit. I put it on my credit card, but I pay for it in full every single month. Like, holy shit, that's never happened. A lot of times I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. I was invest, I invest in my business a lot. But what was interesting as I was doing some numbers review. So, um, if I go through the first three quarters, um, which are the reports that I have from my accountant, my income is up. Mike's my income is up. I can't remember the percentages right now, but it's like either 26 or 36%. My expenses are up 18%. And my profit is up, I think, 28% from last year. And y'all have spent way less time working. And so how I did that, one one way I did that was by raising my prices. Um, so that I was energetically profiting, not just financially. Um, But the amount of energy I was putting in. And then the second thing was I opened back up a second offering of the high-level mastermind, Spark and Hustle. And that was really fun. Um, I'm going to talk about this in another lesson that sales can be really simple. And I had a really, you know, I had a $47,000 month that month. I did not spend a lot of money to create those clients. I just sent a few texts. But by opening my heart... By slow tango, which means not only moving slow, and sometimes there were fast decisions that were made, but by slowing down and really listening, by by, by choosing habits that supported me, by being clear when I was ready to go and move forward, I move forward. And by not... Let me see how to word this. I'm hiring high-level help. So that's the other thing. The, the, the things I spend the most money on are my mastermind and my staff. And um, so I spent money on people. <laughs> I spend money on people who help make me better. Um, some of those people do things for me. And 
I, I thought that when I spent more money on people by bringing on extra staff that I would actually have less profit this year. Uh, and mama's got more profit. It's crazy. So <clears throat> I like thinking about profit, especially energy-wise. And as I... This is what's so fun. All three of these are both energy, mindset, and tactical. Open heart, slow tango, big profit. I may have chosen those words to to mean or do something for me in the year 2020, but actually they were so much deeper than I ever thought, and I'm honored to share them with you. And so I'm curious for you. What would it do for you to open your heart just a little bit more? every single day. What impact could that have on you? For yourself, check in with yourself. What is your right aligned speed of life that has your ambition and your authenticity aligned? I am not a cheetah or a sprinter anymore. (laughs) I want a slow tango. And what does big profit look like in your life and in your business? And I am not talking triple X your income. I'm talking about the difference between income and outflow. I'm talking about reserves. I'm talking about both physical and emotional and energetic cash flow. What is your version of big profit and what habits and practices will help you profit big in 2021? So that's what I wanted to share with you. Um, Open heart, slow tango, big profit. Thank you, 2020, for being a little bit crazy. But man, I know you were a lot of catastrophe 2020, but you were also lessons in every bump along the road. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I want to remind you that the doors to soulful success, my online coaching membership community. So it is both live life and business coaching and a membership community of other small business owners who are doing this life authentic, authentically, authentically and in their ambition um, together. Many of my members have been there for three full years And there are a handful of brand new members who have only been there for less than six months. So I'd love to invite you. It's at a very reasonable price so that you have room to invest in high-level help in your business, but you can also get high-level coaching. Also, later this fall, if something along the lines of an achievement-level mastermind... Leroy agrees. If something more along the lines of a year-long achievement level mastermind is um, on your radar, let me know. I am, we don't start until April, but I'm starting to have conversations now for this highly curated, high-level achievement level. And what I mean by that is there is a standard of, of you being successful in business for a period of years and having made over 100,000 at least in, in one year of business. 
not necessarily in your first year, but I want achievement level people who are having a lot of achievement level conversations in the current Spark and Hustle Mastermind. So those are two opportunities for us to work together. Come on in, be a part of the community. Doors open on December 26th or message me and let me know if you'd like to set up a call to possibly talk about the mastermind for 2021. Uh, com. Membership is coachwithallison.com and you can just send me a direct message or an email regarding the mastermind. Peace out, you guys. I will see you next week on the podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better, better is better.